love that phrase, <laughs> that they could not contain who he is. Uh, when you think about Jesus Christ, it's probably the most well-known name. A lot of people think it's Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson, but I believe it's Jesus Christ is probably more well-known than anybody. And, uh, and a name that's either hated or loved, uh, it's revered or detested, but the name is unmistakable when you name the name of Christ. Something that just rivets my soul today is uh, Hollywood, the television, a lot of those things that we see today. His name is used so often in vain, just constantly. Even in children's films, which I saw one the other day, the Lord's name was used in vain seven times in that film. Seven times the Lord's name was used in vain in a children's film. And I, I began to think about how we like to maybe run his name down. The world does not love Jesus Christ just because he so loved the world doesn't mean the world loves him back. And there are a lot of people that like to do away with Jesus Christ. Uh, we've had dictators throughout the years of, of living that uh, wanted to do away with the Bible, wanted to do away with Christ because it grounds people, it gives them hope and focus. And I see here the words of John spoken here, and they're so powerful, truthful, and they're even prophetic in nature. <laughs> I got to thinking for the number of books on my own shelf, on my Kindle, the pamphlets that I have in my office, the books that I have at the house, tracts, uh, testimonies from uh, folks, books written just on my own shelf. And I read this passage and I said, yeah, that, that, that's true. There, there's probably not even enough books to contain everything about him. <laughs> and, and I got to thinking about when you look into the Bible, you're reading about the power of God and the history of truth of our Savior and you know, it's his past, it's his present, it's his future. And you're seeing that in the scriptures. And I believe there's no way that our thoughts as men, women, and children could ever embrace all that the Bible speaks about, about Jesus Christ. And the number of verses that simply come to mind, just thinking about how great our God is, how powerful God is, how marvelous God is, how loving, how holy, how long-suffering, how caring, how merciful, how gracious, how amazing is Jesus Christ. <laughs> You can't get through enough. You, you just read about him. And then the, the, the number of verses that simply come to mind with that. And then for the unbeliever, he wants them to know him. The unbeliever, he wants them to know him. The believer, he wants to have a great relationship with you. And the unbeliever, he just wants them to know his name. And, and I, I look at this, and, and I thought about to have that personal relationship with him. You know, he's looking for you every day, every hour, every minute, every breathing, waking hour you have. Jesus wants to spend time with you. Saved and unsaved, by the way. He wants to reach the unsaved. And I began to think about this passage and how amazing it is. And, and we have what we call 66 books called the Bible. And all that God has told us, men have studied for years, and they've not exhausted the depth of things. I've got a book in my office written on one chapter of the Bible, it's John 17. That book is 676 pages long, and in there a comment is made that I cannot cover everything in these few pages to explain what is found in John 17. <laughs> and, and as I look to the Scriptures and I think, have you ever just thought about the very depth of some of the passages of Scripture that we read? You know, you read a passage, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves... It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
You look in the Bible, and there are a lot of religions that teach that you have to work your way into heaven or that your works will save you or that your good works do something for you. And the Bible says something very contrary to that, but it would take years of study to get to the very depths of what all that means, doesn't it? And how that verse came about. And I look in the Scriptures, and the one you will spend eternity with, are you searching the Scriptures daily to know all you can know about Him? Think about this. If you are saved, you're going to spend an eternity with Him. And you say, well, I'll learn about Him when I get there. I think He wants us to know about Him now. Would you agree? (laughs) He wants us to know the depth of love that He has for us now, not just what is yet future. So the truth of God and the power of God is the Son of God. The truth of God and the power of God is the Son of God. And whenever you go in there, Jesus Christ, the Lord, uh, he, he, when we look at this, and, and I'm telling you this morning, I am barely going to scratch the surface of what the Bible has to say about him. So when you read this passage, and it says, there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And so there's a lot to be said about him. Out of these 66 books, you know men have studied this book for years and never get to the depths of all the love and all that he is. So our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his truth and love, I don't think can be exhausted. And one of the things I want us to think about this morning is the many things which Jesus did. How many of you realize the many things which Jesus did? You know, we understand that he came and he died for our sins, but how many of you really read through the Scriptures and look at all that Christ did, even in his earthly ministry? But do you know what's so wonderful about Jesus? He has always existed. And so you can go back in the Old Testament and you can look and you can see the things that Christ did even in the Old Testament. And so you come to this, and I think about this, the phrase, also many other things which Jesus did, I think that lends itself to his life, even the miracles, now listen to me, that we just find in the New Testament. (laughs) Because he did things in the Old Testament as well. He appeared in the Old Testament many, many times. And, And we find out that he had a part in creation, that it's because of him all things were created. Amen? And we find that out in Colossians. We go back, and God made man in our image. That our is Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Just amazing the depth that we find in the Scriptures. So I want to give you something this morning, but before I do, a challenge to all of us as believers is to go to the Scriptures and really discover who your Savior is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the work that he accomplished, the things that he did for us. And so, you know, I think we get so busy trying to do something. And here's one of the things that I, I, I've been guilty of it myself sometimes. I spend a lot of time figuring out what Jesus didn't say rather than what he did say. How many of you know someone like that? They were really busy thinking about what Jesus did not say rather than what he did say. You know, if we would spend more time on what he has already told us, we would never exhaust what he's already told us. But so many want to just try to discover something that he didn't speak to uh, necessarily, uh, but they want to try to do that. And we get so busy just trying to discover what Christ did not do that we don't address specifically what he did do for us. And more time is spent on that sometimes than addressing what he had. So what are the many things Jesus did? And I got to thinking about this. We can only address those things simply uh, in a brief time here to present you with all the things that Christ did. So I just put together a list here. So, uh, Brother Chris, Brother Jim, you want to come real quick? And uh, I want to give this to you. Uh, I don't want you to try to read this now as, as we're preaching, but I want you to kind of hang on to this. And these are just in the New Testament. And uh, 
There's 35 miracles that are found in the New Testament. And you can go through and you can look at them. And, you know, John uh, refers to 20 of them. He mentions probably more than anybody. Mark has 18 of them. Luke has 20 of them. Uh, and then John uh, 7. So Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew has the most of them. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is just there that we're talking about these particular miracles that Christ did. But in total, there's only 35 miracles found in the New Testament, but so many things that Christ did. And so I gave you just a series, uh, the 35, and, uh, and then listed where to find them in the Scriptures. And so I want you to kind of hang on to that so you can learn a little bit more about who your Savior is and the miracles of Christ. And so we see this list, and we find appearances and work of Christ both in the Old and New Testament. And so we uh, want to remember that the words of Christ to the religious leaders. And I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to really think about this verse for a moment. He's dealing with the religious leaders. He's dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus makes this statement. Here's what he says. He said in John 5, 39, and we ought to do this because he's telling this to the religious leaders, but he's also speaking to all the disciples and all the people that are standing there listening. He makes this, phrase, he makes this statement, and the phrase is this, Search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. Now, the reason that he told him to search the Scriptures, now think about this. When Jesus said, search the Scriptures, guess what we did not have yet? We didn't have the New Testament. When Jesus said, search the Scriptures, we did not have the New Testament at the time. So when Jesus is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees to search the Scriptures, listen to me, he says this to them. He said, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amen. So when people tell us that the Old Testament's irrelevant or it doesn't matter, it matters a whole lot because that's exactly what Jesus was telling the religious leaders of the day, that the entire Old Testament, those 39 books that were written prior to his arrival, are you with me? Those 39 books, he said, they testify of me. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So those 39 books are pertinent. They're important. They, they are something to pay attention to and to listen to and to look at. But also now we have the New Testament, which primarily deals with Christ. In John 15, 26, he said, But when the Comforter has come, who I will send unto, my, unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father... He shall testify of me. <laughs> so when you get saved, let me help you understand this. If you are a saved individual, if you have trusted Jesus Christ and him alone to take your soul to heaven, you're not trusting religion, you're not trusting your baptism, you're not trusting uh, church membership. And by the way, you can't find any of those in the scriptures that will tell you that's how you get into heaven. The Bible teaches us one thing, that you must trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. By the way, that is a conscious decision by a man, woman, or child. And you can find it in the Scriptures over and over again, because even if you go back and you look over and over again in the New Testament, even the Ethiopian eunuch is a clear indicator to us that you get saved, then you get baptized. Amen. You don't get baptized to get saved. And the Ethiopian eunuch's riding along in a chariot, and he turns to Philip, and he says, what doth hinder me from being baptized? What's going to stop me from getting baptized? And the Bible clearly says this. 
if thou believest, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And both he and Philip went down into the water and he baptized him. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit testifies to the soul whether you've trusted Jesus Christ or not as Savior. Here's the idea behind that. Only you know whether you're going to heaven or not. I don't know whether you're going to heaven or not. But I know when I got saved, I then got baptized because I was saved. And there are religions that teach just the opposite of that, but you cannot find that in the Bible. You cannot find you get baptized to get saved in the Scriptures. And so, by the way, let me step back now. Search the Scriptures. Are you with me? Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. But they are they which testify of whom? Jesus. You get saved through Jesus Christ. <laughs> All the things that he did. Amen? And you think about this for just a moment. There are 35 miracles that Christ recorded in the New Testament in the four Gospels, and these are only a list of those spoken of by the apostles. I think when this verse was written, they couldn't tell us everything. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you can't have enough books to contain it. <laughs> You can't have enough to contain what the Scriptures teach, and you cannot spend enough time looking into the things which Jesus did beyond the miracles that are mentioned through his earthly ministry and think that we've got it covered because we don't. <laughs> he did so much more, so much more. So we are to search the Scriptures to learn about the one who has saved the souls of men, women, and children for all eternity, and then Jesus Christ is the Bible. He is the Word of God. So I want you to think about this phrase in here. <clears throat> He said, there are also many other things which Jesus did. Now, I love this. The which, if they should be written. I want to talk about the writings about Jesus in the Bible itself. Now, I'm not only going to deal with the New Testament because I can show you all the Old Testament appearances and the uh, references back to him, and the list is endless, by the way. And then Jesus always himself uh, referring back to the Old Testament, uh, referring back to those books. So the Bible has 66 books. It's broken down into 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 new books or books in the New Testament. And so the Bible is about Christ Jesus, start to finish. It's about him. And so what we Christians must understand, that the Bible is not just any book, but it's the living, breathing Word of God given unto man. I like to look at it this way. When I open it up, I think it's a love letter from God to us. <laughs> he wants to tell us about his son, Amen and the gift that he's offered to us, and what he's giving unto us. And when you look at this, it's an amazing book. If you will, we could call it his love letter of God given to man to discover all that we need to know about him, the creator, the savior of the soul. So consider what God states about Jesus Christ. I just want you to think about this now. Some people say, well, there's only God, there's no Jesus Christ. Or Jesus Christ was just a man, that, that he's not God. Believe me, folks, there's all kinds of things out there. But if you just open the Bible, I am shocked at what God said about his son. If you just read what God said about Jesus, you get it. Amen? Listen to what he says. In Matthew 3, 17, 12, 18, and 17, 5, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm, in whom I'm well pleased. So who was Jesus? God's beloved son. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So who did Jesus say that he is? Who did God say that Jesus is? 
This is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well pleased. I'm pleased with my son. Do you know what else he called his son? He said over in Matthew 12, 18, he said, Behold my servant whom I have chosen. <laughs> so Jesus is not only the son of God, he's the servant of God, isn't he? And he said, not only is he my servant, but when he tells us that he's my servant, he says about his servant whom I have chosen. Not who man thinks it ought to be, but who God chose to be his servant. Amen? Amen. And you look to the scriptures and he says, and behold, my servant whom I'm chosen, listen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. Now listen to what he said about him. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Who's going to show judgment to the Gentiles? Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. No matter what religion wants to teach you, read your Bible. Open up the Bible and find out who God says his son is. Amen. Amen. And then he gets to this place and he makes this statement. He said, well, he yet spake. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed him. And behold, a voice of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to this. Hear ye him. Listen to what he's saying. Amen? Amen. So what did Jesus say about himself? I and my father are one. We're one and the same. What are the things that he said? Hear ye him. He wanted you to listen to what Jesus was saying about himself. Man, it's powerful, isn't it? Amen. Amen. You look to the Bible and you say, this is amazing. In Mark 1.11, and there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In Luke 3.22, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There are people that have told me that the Trinity doesn't exist, and it's right there in that passage. Amen. Three things occurred. A voice from heaven, Jesus Christ on the earth, and the Spirit as a dove. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? I don't have to see the word Trinity in the Bible to know that it exists. It's there. Who is He? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When I look at this, 2 Peter 1.17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. Whew. He received from God the Father honor and what? Glory. glory. Isn't that amazing? Amen. This is who God said his son is. This isn't a man telling me, well, Jesus was just a man, or Jesus was just a nice guy, or he was just a prophet, or he was just a normal guy like the rest of us. Listen, God said something very different about him, didn't he? Amen. And he makes this statement about that the Father, uh, honor and glory come to him. And, and when he, there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now that's what God said about him. This is what God said about Jesus. Let's, let's look at what Jesus said about himself now. Now, wait a minute. God said, hear ye what? Him. Listen to him. Listen to what he has to say. So consider what Jesus states about himself. We know John 3.16. When you read John 3.16, do you understand that Jesus is talking to Nicodemus? See, when we read that, I think it, it kind of leaves our mind. The thing that he told Nicodemus is, ye must be born what? Again. You have to be born again. And believe me, his conversation hadn't ended with Nicodemus. By the time he gets to verse 16, he is still talking to Nicodemus. And we all know John 3, 16. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. Now listen. 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Where does it say that whosoever get baptized? One must what? Believe. Amen. And Jesus told him he must be born again. You see, baptism doesn't take the soul to heaven, folks. Baptism is an outward show of an act that God performed inside of you. I can show you over and over again men and women and children throughout the Scriptures who acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You see, when you have that acknowledgement in your life that He is the Lord of Lords, that He is the King of Kings, that He is the Master of your life, that is how you get saved. Then you get baptized because you got saved. Amen? Amen. That's what happens. I didn't put a ring on my finger and say I was married to Anita when I was not. It wasn't until I said I do to her that a ring was placed upon my finger. And then when I said I do, then I had the ring placed upon my finger because then I was now married. (laughs) Because I said I do. You say I do to Jesus and you say I don't to the world and then you're baptized. Now listen, I can show you this in the Bible. This is not the traditions of men. This is the truth of God. (laughs) And so you need to know that truth. So consider what Jesus said about himself. He gave his only begotten son. In John 6, 51, he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. (laughs) Wait a minute. What did he just tell you? I am the living bread. Now, there are religions that teach when you partake of communion that you're actually receiving Jesus Christ. That's not in the Bible. And what you find in the Scriptures is this. It is a representation of what Christ did for us on the cross. Now, I know religions that pervert the Word of God, and they go to a time where Jesus was correcting the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says that you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Is this saying too hard for you? (laughs) But at the time, he was comparing himself to the manna that was given to the people in in the wilderness and saying, just as that sustained you, you now have to trust me to sustain you for all eternity. Amen. Nowhere is in play there communion. But there are religions that take that and utilize that as a tool to teach communion to people. And that's not it. We need to know him, don't we? What has he said about himself? I am the bread of life. He also said in John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) How long has Jesus existed? Forever. He's eternal. You don't undo who Jesus is just because we don't understand. Jesus was there in the beginning. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? And the Word came down the man and became flesh. Right? That's what Jesus says about himself. (laughs) Jesus tells us who he really is. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And I love this. I and my Father are one. People will say Jesus is not God, then he's a liar. And yet God said, hear ye him. He's either a liar or people need to listen to what Jesus said about himself. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Jesus saith unto them, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by what? Me. There's only one way in. <laughs> There's not another way. How many of you have witnessed to someone, and someone has said to you, well, you have your way, and I have mine. And yet you open the Bible, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you either believe in who Jesus is, and you hear him, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am uh, the Father. The Father is me, (laughs) or he is not. And you've missed it. What did Jesus say about himself? Well, in John 5, 22 through 24, he said, For the Father judgeth no man. What? The Father judgeth how many? No man. Do you know what he did, though? Here's what he said. This is Jesus. He says this, but hath committed all judgment unto the... Woo! You better listen to him. Are you with me? You better listen to what he has to say. Because all judgment is in his what? Yeah. And we ought to listen to what he had to say. So he said, all judgment is committed unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son. How many men should honor the Son? All men. Does it say, unless you're of this species, or this religion, or this background, or this social status, or this thing, or that thing? No, it said all men better honor him. Amen? Amen. Do you know what? That includes Hollywood. That includes spiritual leaders. That includes world leaders. That includes Democrats and Republicans alike. That's liberals and conservatives. Are you with me? You better start honoring him because God said you ought to listen to him. And he said you ought to honor the son. If you don't honor the son, you're not honoring the father. (laughs) You need to know who he is. And he says in that passage, even as they honor the father, he that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father which hath sent him. Now what did he just tell us right there? God sent me. And you better honor me because God sent me. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the world itself, has a problem with that verse. And the reason that they do is because everything that Jesus said about himself is going back to what the Father said about him. Listen to him. Listen to him. And he goes on and he makes this statement. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that uh, sent me hath everlasting life. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And I want to share this with you. Jesus said about himself, if you'll believe what I'm saying about myself, which God sent me, and you trust in me, you have everlasting life. If you don't, you don't. Folks, religion doesn't save a single solitary soul. How many of you understand that this morning? Religion does not save you. Jesus Christ does. All the things which he did, the things which were written about him. Amen. Amen. Now, we talked about what God said about him. We talked about what Jesus said about himself. Consider what others said about Jesus. They stated these things. Think about this now. I told you I didn't have time to go through all this, but how many of you have ever read the book of Isaiah? 
I believe it's like the gospel of the Old Testament. I mean, all the things that Isaiah said about Jesus is astounding. Well, one of the statements that he made, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Who was? Jesus was. <laughs> he was wounded for our sin. That's a pretty powerful statement, eh? And you look at it and you say, that's prophetic at the time, right? And we know that occurred, but we know at the time when Isaiah was saying this, it hadn't happened yet. But he was wounded for our transgressions. You know what I love about that? It's past tense. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Do you ever think about that? It blows a gasket for you when you read the Bible, doesn't it? Wait a minute. That is what? Prophetic. It's looking forward, but it's as if it's already been what? Accomplished. Amen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Amen. But he was wounded for our transgressions. <laughs> I got to thinking about this. He went on to say he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and with his stripes, I like this now, we are healed. With what he went through, we're what? By what he went through. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible can you see what you go through gets you into heaven. But it's what he did for us. John 1.1 1, 1 and 1.14, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. <laughs> Who's Jesus? Grace and truth. It's amazing. Now go look at Revelation and see if he's not called truth as he returns. <laughs> and you look at it and you say, who is this guy? He's your Savior. In Acts 2.38 and 4.11 and 12, then Peter said unto them, repent, repent, repent. Are you hearing me? and be baptized. He didn't say be baptized so you can repent. He said repent so that you may be what? Baptized. Well, if you go back and you read all that, what is he saying? It's in the name of Christ that this occurs. He goes on later on in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and he says this about himself. Or they say this about him. He says in that particular passage, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. You have to repent and get baptized to receive the gift. You don't have to get baptized, but you have to repent to receive the gift. And you get baptized. Now watch this. <laughs> he goes on and he makes this statement in Acts chapter 4. Neither is there salvation in any other. Neither is there salvation in any other. Listen, Muhammad's not going to save you. Buddha's not going to save you, folks. And you say, preacher, we, we got this. I, I want to tell you something. He says, neither is there salvation in any other. No religion is going to save a man. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no religion that is going to take a soul to heaven. It is a personal conscious choice to choose Christ over the world. Amen. And a man makes the choice. It's not allowing someone else to make the choice for me. It is allowing me to personally make a choice about a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
When I was 12 years old, I was a bus kid. And I, they used to track me back and forth to church. I'll never forget walking down an aisle because a preacher was preaching a message. I came up and I knelt down at that altar. The guy opened the Bible, showed me some verses. They took me in the back and dunked me in the water and said, you're going to heaven. And that was a lie from the pits of hell. I had no idea what was going to happen to me. When I turned 30 years old, I remember what happened to me in the sense of, well, I, I remember listening to this guy preach. I remember going up before the service. Now listen, am I saying young people can't get saved? No, I'm not saying that at all. I think all the time young people get saved. <laughs> but they need to know that they're saved. Not you think they're saved. They need to know that they're saved. Amen. Amen. And I got to the place where when I turned 30, I realized I was going to die and go to hell. <laughs> Heaven was not my home. I was living a lie. And on October 12, 1995, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save me. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you have to be 30 years old to get saved. You could be 10. You could be 5. You could be 8. <laughs> you could be 6. You could be 4. But I'm telling you, don't rely on what other people are telling you. Rely on what God is speaking to your heart about. Amen? Amen. Amen. Am I right? Amen. Are you saved? <laughs> then you ought to know. Don't push it on other people. Let God speak to their heart. Amen? Amen. Let God show them that they're saved. Let God let them know that they're going to heaven. Listen, there was no greater joy than that day on October 12, 1995. I knew I was going to heaven now. Because of what? Because of who Jesus is. Not because I went through some ritual, but because I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. When I look at this, <laughs> neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Not that you could be, should be, you must be saved. <laughs> That's how you get into heaven, and you need to know that. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God... <laughs> I love that, amen? And Jesus said, I and my Father are, and the Bible says there is one God. One God. <laughs> How do you get away from this stuff? Don't listen to false religions. Listen to truth, amen? Read your Bible. Don't listen to what someone said on YouTube. Listen to what God said in his word. <laughs> listen to the truth. There's one God. And I love this. And one mediator. <laughs> Amen. Wait a minute. One God, one mediator. And you look at this passage between God and men. The man. Who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. <laughs> That's powerful stuff, isn't it? Boy, if we just read our Bibles. Amen. Not just accept what you hear, but read what you need to know. Amen. And you open up the scriptures, and he says in Hebrews 13, 18, and I love this, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. Now, let me tell you what man wants to do. And I just shared this with, with uh, uh, my wife last night. We were sitting on the couch. We were just talking. I was talking to her uh, uh, about things that are happening in the world. And, and, folks, there's still a lot of wickedness in the world. How many of you understand that? Just because the economy is great doesn't mean that wickedness has disappeared because my 401K looks good. Amen. Wickedness still exists, still all around us. And, and we were talking last night, and, and I said, you know, 
Today, what religion is trying to do with Jesus is they're trying to pull him down here with us so that we can deal with him. Rather than elevate him and lift him up to whom he really is, amen? We want to pull him down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God is bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10.5, you go read it. And man today, there's too many of us on our cell phones listening to YouTube preachers rather than opening our Bible and reading what God has said. They are starting to influence the minds of people through false teachings. And listen, he clearly teaches us that there's a time coming whenever people will fall under a great delusion and believe a lie. And what's happening to us, even as believers, is we're allowing the world to infiltrate our mind instead of the truth of God's Word getting into us. We want to believe what everybody has to say about it. Well, he has his doctrine. Well, whoop-de-doo. I have four pieces of paper hanging on my wall. The best thing that they could be used for is to start a fire. <laughs> and the paper that I used to pay for that paper could probably do the same. Amen? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that we need to know Jesus. We need to know the things which he did. And he's unchanging. We're given so much about who Christ is and the entire Bible is written about him and points to Christ. We have only used a very few verses, just 22 verses right now is all I've used today just to give you a little idea of who Jesus is. And Jesus Christ is the Word of God and for you to know him and discover him, you need to know what he is and who he is through his living Word and man is really unable to define him. And this is my last point and I'll finish with this this morning. He said, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose, even the world itself, the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. You know, there are so many books written by men about Jesus Christ. Let me give this to you. Here's some stats. I know some of you like statistics. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. And this is information from uh, around the world, uh, from libraries around the world. There's a total of 65,571 books with Jesus as their main subject. 65,571 books with Jesus as the main subject. 53,094 have the word Jesus in the title. You ready for this? A large portion, of about 25,000, have been published by 1970. That was a statistic they gave out in 1997, 23 years ago. They believe today that there are more than over 100,000 books written about Jesus Christ. And that's the only ones they're keeping count of, are you with me? Over 100,000. How many of you could think you could get 100,000 books in before you die? <laughs> and you think about 100,000 books... And so John told us that the writings of the world could not contain him, and this alone should be overwhelming evidence to us. He said in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. God hath highly exalted him. 
I'm telling you, you could go to the most remote places in this world and mention his name, and they know who he is. And God hath highly exalted him. Now listen to this. And given him a name which is above every name. <laughs> it's a name that if you mention his name, they know it. Amen? They know who he is. I was sharing with the Sunday school class, all I got to do is go back home and, and folks want to remember what my past was all about. They'll start to bring it to my attention. I can clear a room like that. Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> and I can clear people out of a room faster than you shake a stick at. Because I want to talk about Jesus. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. Notice this. That at the name of Jesus, not at the name of Allah, not at the name of Buddha, not at the name of a religion, but at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Amen. Of things in heaven, listen to me, of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth, are you with me? That is telling me Jesus Christ is controlling creation. Amen. He's in control. Darwin isn't. Darwinism isn't. Evolution isn't. Jesus Christ is. Amen. And by him were all things created. By him and for him. Amen. 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 And he created all things. <laughs> it's amazing to me if we look at the Bible. And you look at this, and he said that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And notice this. And that every tongue, wait a minute, how many knees? Every knee. How many tongues? Every tongue shall confess. Do you know what that means at that moment? Whether heaven is their home or hell is their home, listen, there's time of confession coming. Confession means I agree with God now. <laughs> I agree with him. To confess means that I agree with. And when you read that passage, he says that every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess. And here's what they're going to confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen? Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I love this because God didn't end it there. He said to the glory of God the Father. Amen? They're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To whose glory? To the glory of God the Father. <laughs> Jesus is. And you look at the scriptures. And whether hated, loved, believers, unbelievers, the righteous, the wicked, I think all are aware of the name of the Savior. <laughs> whether they hate him or love him, they know. Listen, antichrist, atheist, agnostic, saint, worshiper, humanist, philosopher, whatever you want to throw out there. It doesn't matter. Believer, unbeliever, it doesn't matter. When you look at this, spiritual leaders, world leaders, the common man, all of creation, everything that was ever made of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth will confess. Listen, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. When Jesus was riding into town on the back of the colt, the ass, he was riding into town, wasn't he? And the people were shouting, Hosanna in the what? And they said, shut these people up. <laughs> Tell them to shut their mouths. And Jesus said, if I do, listen to me, these very rocks 
will stand up and shout. Is he in control of creation? He can do anything he wants, amen? Hey, if he can use an ass to tell a man what to do and what not to do, are you with me? He can do anything he chooses. And even the rocks would stand up and shout. Those who denounce the name of Jesus Christ will answer to him, regardless of their belief, whether they're a Hollywood fame or whether they're a great athlete or whatever they want to be, whatever they want to claim to be, I want to tell you this. The Bible said, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall what? It's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what your persuasion is. <laughs> it doesn't matter which way you want to go. You're going to do this one day. John 17, 1, 2, 5. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Listen to this. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. How much power does Jesus Christ have? Over all flesh. Over all flesh. That he, <laughs> with the glory which, uh, with, uh, he said that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had before the world was. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me Jesus had glory before the world was? Is that not what he just said? Amen. When did he exist? Before the world. Before the world. Who created the heavens and the earth? Jesus Christ did. You think you have eternal life and the scriptures they testify of? Me. <laughs> Who's your Jesus in your life? In Acts 2, 32 and 33. This Jesus hath God raised up. Wherefore, we are all witnesses. <laughs> Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, <laughs> and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Hear ye him. You now see it and hear it. So what are we going to do about it? There's a day coming, folks, and I want to end. I really believe with all of my heart right now that this world is falling under a great delusion. There are so many lies being told, and people don't care what the truth is anymore. I actually heard one of our congressmen or congresswomen say, I don't care what the truth is. I know how I feel about this. I don't care what the truth is. I know how I feel about this. I don't care what the truth is. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is... I don't care what the truth is. I know how I feel about this. Are you with me? I know how I feel about this. Your feelings aren't going to get you into heaven. There's coming a day, folks, and the Bible is very clear, and we're going to look at this later on. We're in 1 Thessalonians right now. We'll be looking at chapter 5 this evening. We're talking about light and dark tonight. And we're going to get to this finally, and we're going to talk about that wicked one, that Antichrist that the Bible speaks of. 
And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Scriptures teach that. There's coming a day where that wicked's going to come and people are going to fall under a great delusion and they're going to believe a lie. Now, everybody, and you can be of whatever persuasion you want, our president of the United States has been telling us about fake what? For how long? Fake what? And people don't really care anymore what the truth is. But there's a lot of fake news out there. Are you with me? And we're allowing ourselves to believe lies rather than search for truth. Jesus said, search the scriptures, didn't he? Search the scriptures, for they are they which testify of me. In them you think you have eternal life, don't you? But they testify of him. Let's pray.